What is up, everybody? Episode 101, Podcasting 101 here with the Patio Slate Podcast. It is your host, Anthony. I'm here with Tony. Nate, what is going on? Yo, man, I'm I'm still buzzing off that episode 100. I mean, that we put a lot of time and effort into that bad boy, and I, to have it like be a real thing out in the world for a week now, pretty cool. So happy, happy to have everybody check that one out. Yeah, no, that's true. I feel that same elation. It's like graduating high school. You're like, oh man, I fucking made it. Like I'm, I'm free. <laughs> All Can I go well. back though? I'd like to go back. <laughs> I know at the same time you want to go back to your, you know, no responsibility roots of episode. Yeah, not one. high school per se, but right. No responsibility. <laughs> episode roots, one so. was, yeah, no responsibility. You know, listenership was so low. It didn't matter. Now it's like, oh fuck. We have like, we have to like make the bar now. Damn. Right. <laughs> and we, we didn't, we didn't really hint at this last week when we introed that episode, but I feel like it was an ambitious episode, you know, to try to string all that together and edit it, promote it. You know, are people going to willing to come back mm-hmm. all that fun stuff, but it, I'm glad it worked out. People like the episode. So here we are. Yeah. And people did want to come back and we were able to string it together and edit it and promote it. So pretty cool. It was ambitious. Uh, the, I loved the idea when Twan, you pitched it. We didn't mention it last week, but you pitched the idea. It's like, this is a great call. And then it just kind of morphed into, wouldn't this be cool if it was our 100th episode? And then we had 12 people that had answers for us, which was really cool. So really, really stoked that that's out there. So thanks for everybody for checking that out. Let's uh, let's jump into what we're doing tonight, boys. So yeah, we've done, so we're at episode 101. Over the last 101 episodes, we've done what, two mailbag episodes, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we threw it out to you know the listeners, friends, whatever to uh, ask us questions and we would answer them on the uh, right on the podcast. This is a little spin on that. This is uh, I don't know what we're going to call it. Host mailbag. We're going to, as we say, turn the camera inward and ask each other questions. Yeah, exactly. Turn the camera inward as always are, are typical for us. Like not really give a whole lot of hints on what those questions are. So there's a lot of like, you know, spotlights on you, bro. You ready? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah. yeah no in, pressure. in the moment, what are you thinking right now? Yeah, right, like now. right fucking now. <laughs> it's how we 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 sprung uh, the down home cooking question uh, for a mm-hmm. few of the guests. Yeah, so nerds at the bar, like we always talk. This is what we're doing. Uh, Nate is actually in a bar at the moment. You can't see pub. him, but we can. So he's in the pub, uh, and uh, you know we're we're gonna we're gonna nerd out like we always do. Here it is. Who who's got the first question? I'll I'll start us off. How about this? All right, I'm putting you guys on the spot. What is your most bizarre? or unexpected experience as far as meeting a musician? It could be someone in an airport. It could be, you know, you're on vacation, you run into someone outside of their element too. It can't be like live on stage, like I saw, whatever. You know, it could be just unexpected or bizarre. Man, I got a lot. I know you do. I'm like excited (laughs) to see what you come up with. I don't have that many, which is... I could I could give you I could give you Polly Shore to meet the Weasel once, but <laughs> oh, let's hear oh, that. That's yeah. What is that all about? That's like music adjacent, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Comedians. We always talk about comedy being another form of nerdery that we all love here. And uh, my cousin, my dad, and myself were out in, and my uncle were out in uh, Vegas for my twenty first birthday back fuck, who knows how long ago now, but quite better part of twenty years ago. And uh, we're we're the day we're leaving, we're getting lunch at the Venetian at one of the you know million buffets that that vegas is known for and my dad and my cousin were all in line 
and we see me and my cousin who are a similar age to me see Polly Shore, and we we clearly know who Polly Shore is. Uh, you know, we've we've seen Son in Law, we've seen In the Army Now, we've seen all those Polly Shore movies, right? We've seen Encino Man, and uh, <laughs> sure enough, we're like asking my dad's got a disposable camera because again it's old and i'm old and we're like dad take a picture of us with this guy behind us if he says yes and my dad's like who <laughs> what? no no clue like it's paulie Shore. It's the weasel bro he's gonna take a picture with us Chilling with the and he's like <laughs> he's like whatever whatever guys sure so we turn around we're like hey paulie you know huge fans love to take a picture with you if you're cool with it and he said yeah took a picture with us i i don't know where that it's at my mom somewhere because it's a hard photo it's not a digital photo and uh Again, I'm old, but yeah, he, he was kind enough to take a picture with us. So comedians, uh, you know, being, being bros, being dudes, that was what that was. It was, it was pretty cool, but yeah, not, not a musician, but so random. He was just getting lunch too on a Friday morning and or Friday afternoon at the Venetian. So you remember he did have a show on MTV. So it is a Jace. Oh, true. true. Yep. Hanging with the weasel. Man. I think it was called. <laughs> or chilling with the weasel. <laughs> Damn. Well, and he re- I mean, he ran a, the, he helped run the comedy store, which his mom ran right for yep. ever out yep. in LA. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, definitely adjacent as far as performances go and stuff that we love. So, no, oh, yeah. The comedy and music thing is very much so in the same paragraph. And uh, it's so weird that you brought up that because the first one that came to my mind is similar where I was actually, so I was going to see this artist or sorry, this comedian and uh, I was going to see Jim Brewer. This is in Florida and Tampa Bay with my um, ex-girlfriend and uh, waiting in line. I'm like, oh, stoked to see Jim Brewer. He's a huge Metallica fan. Uh, so that's where the music adjacent thing is. He's a big metalhead. And uh, we go somewhere locally down the street. Um, this is in Ybor City in Tampa to grab like a dinner before the, co- the, the comedy show. And I see this guy that looks familiar and I say, oh. And instead of just like thinking to myself, I vocalized it. I'm like, hey, what's up, Ben Folds? He's like, or not, not Ben Folds. Hey, what's up, Ben? And he looks over and says, hey, what's up, man? I said, hey, have a good show. It was Ben Folds. It was Ben Folds. It was Ben Folds, yeah. And my ex-girlfriend's like, how do you know that was, how do you know his name? I'm like, oh, it's Ben Folds from Ben Folds 5. She's like, how do you know that, though? From I'm his like, tattoo. From his tattoo. I don't know. <laughs> not the tattoo. Yeah, no. From his glasses. No tattoos. I just recognized him. Like, that's definitely Ben Folds. But she was so surprised. She's like, how, like, it just seemed, she was just so perplexed. Like, how the hell did you just spot this guy and like shout out his name? Like a complete, because to her eyes, it was like, I was just saying hi to a complete stranger. But right. for me, I was like, well, he's a band member that I know of just because I'm a geek and can recognize people uh, in that regard. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the whole Brad Wilk tattoo in a Whole Foods story is pretty bizarre. Right. That one is too, but I've, <laughs> I've told that one before, but yeah. <laughs> With a mask on and everything. So uh, mine, it's funny, Tone. You say Vegas 21st birthday. Mine involves Vegas 21st birthday, but not mine. Nice. This was wow. January 2013. I'm out in Vegas. There's a group of like 10 of us. 10 friends go out, which, you know, I wouldn't recommend that. It's too many people. But anyway, we're seeing uh, the Beatles love uh, their Cirque du Soleil nice. performance at the Mirage. And we get we get pretty good seats, you know. We we, we kind of balled out. Want to get good seats. Show's over. Lights go on. Crowd stands up. And right in front of me, I'm not talking like a couple rows down. I'm not talking across the amphitheater. Right in front of me, this guy stands up. And I'm like, I think that's this person. And I look to our group and a girl that we're with. 
is like she's looking at me we're doing the same thing like i think that's who we think it is and i mouth to her i go is that mac miller that's mac miller oh wow he was celebrating his 21st birthday and this was back when blue slide park was out but watching movies with the sound off was not out yet so the mac we all know and love now it was not you had to kind of know and i was like 90 we were like 95 percent sure it was him and we never said hello which is a regret obviously rest in peace mac you know that that situation's pretty tragic so in 2013 twitter was a thing so i went on twitter as we were leaving i type in mac miller and sure enough, the headline is Mac Miller in Vegas celebrating his 21st birthday. It was him. Wow. It was it was him. Sitting, and, uh, sitting right in front of you. Sitting right in front of him. And he said something I'm not going to repeat on the podcast, but he said something on the to his buddy. He was with one other buddy that was hilarious. But rest in peace, Mac. Can't and, wait for you to tell us that off air. Yeah, <laughs> cancelable. Apparently cancelable. No, no, not, no, not in that direction. It's just funny. It just, but yeah, I, I feel like that was unexpected, bizarre. Uh, and in Vegas, you never know. Like, I remember. Oh, that's si- Vegas. Yeah, we, we ran into Richard Sherman. We ran into Dennis Rodman. We ran into uh, Mario Lopez. All on the same I saw trip. Pete Rose signing autographs. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Pete Rose does. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now that you guys have said your stories, I had a couple. An easy one jogged my memory. Uh, Nate, remember nice. seeing AWOL Nation at the State Theater in Portland? Yeah. Uh, remember we were at Brian Bruce before, and the opening band's drummer was there. Oh yeah. Yeah, and remember how big that opening band ended up getting? Yeah. The opening band I'm talking about is Imagine Dragons. and They were just hanging out at Brian Beru's before. This is pre them getting massive. So uh, such a random. Brian Beru's is a bar that used to to exist in Portland, Maine, Uh, you know, a couple blocks from the State Theater, which is we've talked about that ad nauseum. But, yeah, he he was just hanging out. I remember Rob being like, yo, that's the guy from Imagine Dragons. Like, what's up, bro? And we talked to him for a couple minutes, and then we bounced into the show. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, there's so many, there's so many that came to mind after it. Now that we're kind of jogging our memories now, like a lot of mine actually, with the exception of this Jim Brewer one that I mentioned, was uh, just being at shows and seeing other band members watching the show. So like in LA, especially like being at the Palladium or the El Rey Theater, or Roxy or whatever, and like being at at the sound uh, soundboard, and I look right and left, and like literally, there's band members from other bands that I know, but I don't know if anyone else is seeing what I'm seeing. Right. So like, we definitely yeah. are nerd. nerd, nerd lo- yeah. We're definitely nerds. Yeah. Well, I mean, I bought nice Celtics tickets once, and we were three yeah. rows off the floor, and I'm like the row over from Donny Wahlberg. So does that oh, count? There you go. Oh yeah, there you go. No, yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> And then on the way out, ran physically ran into Doug Flutie, and I'm like five nine, five ten, and I'm bigger than he is. But that dude was an NFL quarterback and a legend. So, mm-hmm. my, and I'm like, that was Doug Flutie. And my wife's like, who? <laughs> Flutie flakes, come on. Yeah, yeah, Flutie <laughs> flakes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, those types of things. Hey, if you've got one, hit us up. Hit us up on Patio Slave Podcast uh, at gmail.com or in in the socials, uh, in the DMs at Patio Slave because we love to hear if you've had one of those funky experiences where you've run into somebody. Yep. Photos or it didn't happen, although none of us have photos. <laughs> I know. I have a Pauly Shore regret. photo. I have a Pauly Shore photo. That's I right. just don't know where it is. I don't have the Ben Fultz one, sadly. All right. Hopefully that kicked us off. Who's next? I got one. I got a good one. All right. So one of these three mediums, the way that, the way to listen to music, you have to get rid of forever. Oh, shit. Ooh, listening okay. to music in headphones, listening to music in the car. Or listening to music on your home stereo in whatever way, shape, or form you do, whether it be streaming or vinyl or CD or whatever, you have to get rid of one of them forever. You can never use it again. 
Uh, immediately for me, home stereo. Yeah. Car is a vibe. Headphones is a completely different way of listening to music. It's textbook in terms of what you learn. So home stereo is, is always last. And to be honest, like I don't really have the opportunity to play music on the home stereo that much bandwidth wise, or because it's, you know, not conducive, you know, not everyone wants to listen to Gojira during dinner time. So therefore it's going to be, well, they're wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> <there. Yeah. laughs> so that was mine too. That was my immediate yeah. reaction was home stereo, which would be tough. Cause you, you would actually, unless you rigged up your heads, your headphones to your record player, vinyls out basically is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is tough, yeah. which is tough, but headphones you can do on a dog walk you can do late night in bed you know th- i couldn't give that up in the car can you imagine just driving in silence like Oof, hell yeah. no It'd be the worst yeah that'd be the worst uh i'm the same way i'd probably get rid of home stereo but it would be very difficult and uh adjacent to this guys rank them which is number one which is number two which is number three obviously number three is Ooh. home stereo because we we're all getting rid of it but what's number one and what's number two car or the headphones hmm I'm going to say just based on real data that headphones is one because I do it more. Uh, and number two car, although I'm in the car quite a bit, to be honest, it's still secondary and just, you know, more opportunity, right? If, if you really stack it up, like I can wear headphones even in the car if I really wanted to <laughs> be careful so, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's not recommended. It, it's the same for me. I, I use yeah. headphones too often. That's how I listen to most of my music, whether it's, you know, in the background doing work or yard work, running, you know, exercising, et cetera. And I'm just not in the car as much, you know, I'm more of a homebody these days. So mm. it'd be tough to give up headphones. I, I probably wouldn't listen to a lot of music if I had to give up headphones. Oh, that would be tragic too. I'm the same way today. If you asked me this question 15 years ago, I would have told you car because mm-hmm. most of my music listening was done uh, when I was in college delivering car parts. I did that for as a side hustle while I was uh, getting my degree in, in college. So if I didn't have, you know, my iPod in there listening to music every afternoon when I was out driving around Maine, a- anywhere Maine, <laughs> dropping off, you know, gas gas cans and gas tanks and <laughs> radiators to different uh, places, I, I don't know if I would have ever listened to music back then. But today it's headphones all day and I don't know that I could live without them. Yeah. It's an interesting question because we all collect vinyl records and um you know you have to dedicate some special time to play a record and you start to realize like as much as i bought this record and i'm not i don't want to be that guy that buys it and doesn't actually play it but it's actually true because it's just like when do you have the time like you know how many nights in a month do you have a candlelit dinner that's like about the same time that you play a record unless like Mm -hmm. you know so it's all in the same for me at least i'm speaking on on behalf of myself You, you don't buy it for the uh instagram photos the vinyl <laughs> that too that's definitely a big Sunday spins yo big part yeah Su- Sunday spins is getting expensive <laughs> you don't have to buy it just show up yeah yep. just show yeah, up to the record store and, and take a picture take I mean, pictures or just google the photo bro grainy <laughs> grainy photos from Nate <laughs> I mean when I do that I get called out by a local record guy here that's got the best personality of all times the Simpsons character uh, he calls you out or are you, oh he calls me out. Call you out I mean I know him now but I used to go in there and take pictures He's like can I help you like you've been in here just snapping pictures of records <laughs> <laughs> all right who who is this Lou it's Lou he's the all man right, we got to give Lou a little pub then Lou, Lou's records where, where are they located Nate why not uh Encinitas California yeah go go check out Lou 
Yeah. Awesome store. Awesome guy. Like he's, yeah, he's one of a kind. Ignore the guy in the corner taking photos of records. Cause that's Nate. He knows me now. So now it's like, almost like I got a free pass, but it's like you break it, you buy it. If you snap a photo, you buy it. Like, yeah, this is yours now. Well, once I told him I was promoting the record store, he was like, Oh, I guess it's cool. Which I, <laughs> I love trust it. Trust me. I feel, I, I totally understand where he's coming from. Like, yeah, you're just perusing the store every other day, like not buying anything. <laughs> wow, what the, the fuck truth are you is doing that? in here? <laughs> Man, uh, we, we got to talk to Lou. We got to get Lou on for 10 minutes just to like tell us what's new at the record store. He's an OG. Yep. I love it. Lou's records. Encinitas. Go, go peep Lou. Go buy a record because Nate won't. <laughs> Bail Nate's ass out. Bail me out. Yeah. He's my referral code, Patio Slave 20. For Do we 20%. have one of those yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I got a question for you nerds. This one uh, falls in line with the whole live music thing that's coming back finally. I feel like we've talked about it on here for so long. Like, oh, our show is going to come back? Are we going to have to wear a hazmat suit? We got so like paranoid, I feel like. (laughs) We definitely got caught up in the hype. But uh, shit's somewhat normal. You know, we're all checking out gigs here and there, and it's been great. Kind of going for me, at least, and I think for you guys back there, like kind of checking out the same venues that we've always checked out, and there's nothing wrong with that. We've got our favorites and a lot of the favorites just happen to book the shows we want to see so it works out but at a state at least maybe there's a venue that you've always wanted to check out and you've never got to check out uh is there one that comes to mind that uh i guess it's almost like a bucket list thing like is there a a venue that's like that one that holy venue i've never been to i've read about it i've seen photos and i've never been there what's that what's that venue got it i've got three oh nice that come to mind uh one in particular, one that takes the cake and it's Red Rocks. I've never been to Red Rocks. That's so. mine too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It just looks gorgeous. Yep. I bet it's amazing. The natural, you know, formation of the rocks and the stage and um, all the, you know, the, the records, the concerts they get there too are stuff that's always up my alley. And yeah, Red Rocks would be would be it for me. Nate, you've been to Red Rocks, right? Yeah, I've been there a bunch. Uh, you know, my wife's uh, family used to live in Colorado. So we'd go to Red Rocks. Uh, so I've seen a few gigs there. It is special. I mean, anything that's, if you're like a music fan, like you already love nature because you're already kind of like, you know, secretly a hippie. So like the venue is naturally formed. So the acoustics are amazing and the backdrop is phenomenal um, and they get great bands. It's such a legendary venue at this point that I, I've heard rumors that the shows sell out for it doesn't matter who it is. It sells out, you know, day of or the day it goes on sale, which is crazy. So basically they get a guaranteed sellout for or almost sellout for anything they book. So for the artist, you know, it's a great guarantee. This is my pick. This is, uh, I just have visions of like the sun setting and the band playing and the natural landscape. And one thing you do hear is about how good the acoustics are. So Nate, you just confirmed that the, co- the acoustics are just killer. Oh yeah. I mean, I would put it up against like a, a really good, um, auditorium that's like built specifically engineered specifically for, uh, sound vibration to, to work in the most, you know, perfect way. It's, you know, it's been designed to the blueprint to, to work mathematically. Uh, this venue is natural, but pro- you know, I'd, I would assume that it was still designed in a way that worked similar to an uh, indoor auditorium in that regard. But yeah, it's the acoustics are, are amazing. It actually sounds like you're in a lot of ways listening to headphones because it's just so clear. Well, from the band's perspective, it's probably the closest thing to being inside, but being outside yeah you know it probably has a intimate vibe i guess is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. my other ones would be the gorge and then uh madison square garden nice you have another two to one 
Another two. You, you're really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know the name of it, but it came up when we were chatting with Jason Tate out in Portland, Oregon, the the venue oh. where the floor bounces or something. What yeah, was that? Yeah, the uh, Crystal Ball- Ballroom, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I just have like visions of this being a trampoline park, but a band's playing. You know? Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be cool. Let's open one of those. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> uh, insurance would be fucking through the yeah. roof. <laughs> you uh, Just print a little thing on the ticket saying you get hurt, it's your fault. Right. It's on you. <laughs> I would say that just to experience it. I don't know. I'd, I'd really have to di- I'd have to think about it and dig. So I'll leave it at those two. That, that's a good one, though. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, for me, Tone, and kind of riffing off what you said, uh, the Gorge uh, is my number one. I can't believe like every year that goes by, I'm like, I'm going to go this year. And then another year goes by and I'm going to go this You're year. You're on the West Coast. You got to go, man. It's well, it's a weird venue in the, in the fact that they don't really book a whole lot of gigs. I think like the last like six years, they had like five shows. So I'm like, I have to either really want to go to that show, but also the, all the logistics that go along with that. Yeah. Right. It's a big commitment. It's Washington, you know, to hold vacation. So do I want to use a vacation for this one show? Depends on who it was. I'd probably do it. They used to have a festival every around my birthday called Sasquatch that was uh, three days, four days in at the Gorge that I always try to go to, too, and still didn't make it. So, yeah, that's number one. But if we're doing threes, uh, let's see, Fillmore in San Francisco. I don't know how I haven't been there yet. It's legendary, obviously. Uh, that's up there for number, I guess, two. And then if I'm going to say a third one, man, I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like I've seen... You've been to a lot of cool places. And that's the, man. That's I'm, the I'm tricky part. You, you've, yeah. you've been to so many. Like, Chain Reaction was on my list until 2019. That's just legendary venue in the OC, and I yep. finally got to see it. So that's off the list. But that that's one that I'd like to go back to and see some, you know, some right. more bands there. Slain Castle. See, so like you two, it's Slain Castle. Oh like, yeah, if we're thinking international, there's a or ton like Wembley Stadium. Wembley. Just see the the biggest band you could possibly see at Wembley or Hyde Park or something, right? Yeah, I know. It's, it's that's the cool thing about venues is like there's such a geek aspect to like the big stuff and then the little stuff, and a lot of it's based on the history. So like I went to CBGBs when I lived in New York City, or no, sorry, before I lived in New York City, and by the time I lived there, they had it had closed down, so I never actually saw a gig there. So I guess that would be my third, even though I didn't have an opportunity. I did have an opportunity, I just didn't capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's one that I I did get to go to, which I'd love to relive. Nice, and that's just awesome. and just soak it in. And just really soak it. And I saw the Hold Steady yeah. upstairs, and then I saw Sense by Man, uh, Revelation Band downstairs, same night. That was during. That was in college, right? At that CMJ. That's right. Yeah, we yeah. we talked about it. Episode fifty something, I think. Yeah, back when we uh, we interviewed you. Oh yeah. We yeah, occasionally yeah. turn the camera inwards, and we never turn it at me, fortunately. But <laughs> oh, we not, yet. Turn the camera not yet. Not yet. We we will for sure. I haven't gotten a hook there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, who's up? I think it's back to me. All right, so this is one, and we don't have to mention band names. You know, we're not here to put bands on blast. This is just in general, general terms. The question is, how many? We'll call it bad releases. How many bad releases in a row from a band does it take for you to kind of move on and just be like, you know what, I'm, I'm out. And if you want to name bands, that's on you. You can, but I'm not gonna. I'm not going to name it because we might get them on, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right? there's always the good stuff. Even if you have one good album out of 10, like there's that, if that one album's a front to back, then I mean, it matters, right? Or even if it's half good, I'm going to say two albums consecutively is not a good sign. You know, we talk about bands being 
in a lot of ways, especially now in 2022 as a product. So if you've put two products out to market that are not even failures in terms of uh, revenue for the label and for the band, but just as a listenership, like, ah, yikes, like you guys really, you left the farm on this one. Like this one doesn't make sense. So I guess I'll come back three or two years later. Let me qualify by saying mm-hmm. when I say move on means you won't check out like the next new album. They might have a legacy kick-ass album that you're still going to come back to. But as far as like net, yeah. net new stuff, that's kind of the angle. Yeah. So after two albums consecutively, I think I'm like, ah, uh, I mean, I, I think I'm, I think I'll, I guess I'll always revert to the, like the stuff before those two albums that for me personally bombed, you know? Mm. Yep. I think I agree with Nate. The only caveat I would, I would have here is that sometimes you, your tastes change and maybe they're still at the top oh, yeah. of their game in the, in the genre they're in or the, uh, what they do as far as uh, a band goes. Cause that's definitely happened to me where I've, I've just fallen off as a fan because it's not for me anymore, but I still love the old stuff because I grew up with it versus what they're putting out today is not necessarily, I just, I don't dislike it. I just am not listening to it like I used to. Uh, And I'd rather listen to album two because I know how great album two is. And album three was really good too. You know what I mean? Versus album seven, which is like, all right, these guys are still doing it or gals are still doing it. And uh, they, they're crushing it, but that's just not my speed anymore. So I think that can happen too, but, yeah, it's probably two albums. If if you know one's bad, but they've got a legacy, all right, I'll check out the next one. And if the next one's bad, it's like, all right, I think I think I'm just gonna stick with the old stuff. Right. And maybe you'll peep it, but maybe you know you won't give it the give it the time that maybe it deserves. And then they, sometimes they come back, and you're like, wow, they did it. They came back. They figured it out. So who knows, man? I mean, it's it's probably two for me, but it could be myriad reasons why it's not. It might be one. It might be six. <laughs> yeah, I think the the cop out answer for me is. It depends. And it really depends on like how, how far along are they in their career? You know what I mean? It's like the whole Vince Carter, Joe Johnson analogy we made on this podcast where, you know, does like one good season a few years ago carry them for a few years or a few albums in this in this case? You mean Vince Carter? Vince Carter. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. But I think it's two. I I think it's two. For a band I really like, yeah. it's, it's two. Because one dud, it's like, all right, well, you know, maybe they had a lineup change. Maybe they were going through some stuff. Maybe it was whatever. If the second one sucks. It's like, all right, I could listen to anything in the world. I might might choose to not check out the next album. It might stick to the old stuff. Or like you said, Tony, uh, taste change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bands uh, sound changes too. So I, know, I thought that was a fun one. I like that one. That was good. All right. A little bit of a departure from even the question that I asked you guys to start. And we all did it at one point. We all were in the car a lot more. What was your go-to? We did last week, we did go-to comfort food albums. What is your go-to in the car record? Hmm. Got a couple hour drive. Want to put something on that you like. It's familiar. It's similar to the comfort food, but it's, it's so much better out of car speakers than it is anywhere else. You can blast it and not get in trouble. What could, it could be heavy. What might it be? It's almost like the mood. Was it Mood Booster? Similar uh, to that, we yeah. Did? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like <laughs> the album I was going to say, I'll start here. The first artist I thought of was Newfound Glory. You know, when mm. I think of Newfound Glory, like we said in that episode, always put out their albums in the summer, or at least they did for years. It's always typically sound-wise. I mean, lyrics, it's, you know, not always positive, but sound-wise, it's, it's, it's more on the positive side. It's upbeat. They mix in some gang vocals and breakdowns and stuff with Chad in there. And that's my initial answer is, is newfound glory. Maybe, uh, 
Six and Stones or great mm-hmm. even the yeah. new one, the the Infinity one. Yeah. Uh, this is a really interesting question. I mean, so I think I put Kings of Leon for like road trips and whatnot and just adventures to the mountains and desert and whatnot. And so that's very much so true. But for car, if we're, if we're talking in a broad sense, this is like something I, I take note of personally when I'm driving because I look at my surroundings and look and kind of see people's reactions, like looking at me like I'm a psycho is uh, I play a lot of metal when I'm driving. Uh, Meshiga is the, probably the first one that comes to mind. It's just like this band that I really can't play at home. <laughs> so I'm going to play That's it in the point. car. And and the music is so intricate that like it's nice to have a surround sound system. So Meshiga is so powerful, you know? So to have that while you're driving is, I think all nerds can agree, you know, all three of us especially is like, there's an appreciation, but like also like this is something that like I want to hear in a, surround sound system which you know we were talking about earlier like play at the home home stereo well i don't have that option so this is my opportunity to have a private concert for four or five hours and just blast the shit out of some pretty heavy metal music that is um may not look good on the outside when everyone's looking at me like this guy's insane he's still driving correctly but he he's i mean his car is vibrating like you see in you know, some people, you know, blast hip hop. I'm blasting Meshiga. So. Well, Nate, the, the reason why the home option isn't an option is because you gave it away at four questions Yeah, ago. right? It's gone. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, right? <laughs> so what Meshuggah album would you pick? All of them. In fact, what I was going to say originally All was, of them. Give me one. Give me the best one. <laughs> what I was going to say originally was Zeppelin, because Zeppelin's also just like such a great, like, dry, it's such driving music that's timeless blowing right through my question and just giving random bands and whatever answer he feels like what give me give me an album give me something to listen to that i've never heard before i would go right back to man i kind of always go back to where it started so the 2002 album is the one that got i got into because they opened for tool in augusta that's actually how i i didn't even know who they were then and then i was like oh i'm hooked one of those weird things where you're like oh I actually came for the opening band too and now i'm a fan like why why do i always skip opening bands i think i changed course at that point so uh you talk about nothing nothing with the like the flames ish color yeah on the, yeah yeah yep yep yeah i was hooked nice. nice well if if you went to the um i forget the name of the tour but they opened for uh system of a down in uh portland at the civic center in what 2000 2002 and... supporting this yeah. album yep oh yeah, yeah that's pete, right pete was pod yep. on that POD. show too yep and yeah yeah Pulse Ultra, i want tickets I to that yeah yeah Yep, I was at I that one tickets too. Tickets to that show, Twan. You were with me when I won tickets to that, right? That Bull Moose. Probably fucking lived yeah, you, at that place. You, I think Setla and Ian. I think the four <laughs> of us were there, and I won the ninth of the ten tickets that they had. Nice. Off the face melter, and he looked at me because we were there the whole time, and was like, "This guy, this guy's been here all day. I'm glad he got one." <laughs> <laughs> a real nerd. I didn't I have there. whatever forty bucks or whatever it cost to go to the show, so I was like, "I need to win tickets, guys. I need to win them," and I did. Nice. But I mean, they don't play in the U.S. a lot, so that was. I'm glad I got to see them. Yeah, uh, I like both of your answers. I I, th- I think I tend to lean towards Nate because I don't listen. I mean, I listen to some heavy music on my headphones too, but I like it in the car because you're right. You can kind of melt into it and mm-hmm. let it just kind of take over your surroundings. And you, yeah, people at the at the stoplight are looking at you like, "What is this dude doing?" But I I kind of <laughs> yeah. love that. I kind of love yeah. that. Uh, so, it's kind of like you don't know, but you like you should know. But you yeah, don't. You, know. <laughs> you should be in this car because this car is where the party's at right now. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, you know, 
the the newest Slipknot that that, that came out a couple of years ago. We are not your kind's a great one for that. Oh, for sure. Uh, I love like Enema by Tool. I think is a fun one for that because you can just turn that up really loud, and just like the breakdown at Stinkfest, and, and then now you're off. You know, like it just right. it just becomes becomes this buffet mm. of of sounds and you just like pick and choose the things that you like, especially intricate music like that. So that that's, I'm kind of tend to lean towards Nate. I I get one more and it's a group. It's not a band. It's a group that we all love And the the song I'm going to reference has one of the hardest bass lines ever, which you may not, you may have to revisit it, but go listen to this song in your car. What's golden by J five. That bass Oh my God. If you have like a bumping system, go bump that. And that's great for the car. Yeah, that's a great call. That's a great call. Power and Numbers is the record, right? Power and Numbers. Yep. 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 Another 2002 release. Yeah, we had a pretty good senior year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, Nate, what do you got? All right, so I'm going to keep it. For me, it's kind of themed based, I guess you'd say. So uh, my other question is, what are, and I, I was going to say one, but since you're doing threes tone, I might as well keep it at three at this point and just put tone. You can do on one. I mean, three is <laughs> a lot. Yeah. yeah. Three is a lot. All right. I'll just circle it back to one. Uh, and if you have more, you know, share them. Uh, your favorite venue of all time. So we're, you know, we're getting pretty old here on the podcast. We're in our late 30s, mid 30s, late 30s, whatever. We've been to a lot of venues, seen a lot of shows. What's your number one concert venue of, of all time? The GOAT. All right, I'll I'll just spitball. I'll uh, actually I'll probably I'll do a couple. Oh, so you do have three. <laughs> I mean, the first one that comes to mind just because the sheer volume of shows I've seen there, and it was my introduction to live music for the most part was obviously the State Theater in Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go check out our episode with Lauren Wayne, the GM. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, she kind of details all that special venue for us. Uh, if I think about kind of eras in my life. The ICC Church in Alston, Mass. That was a venue I spent a lot of time in in the mid two thousands when I was down in college. We chat about it briefly with Maddie Arsenal on that episode with him. It is the hottest venue. Like that venue is a <laughs> hot box because it was always at capacity, which is probably th- two or three hundred people, and you were like sardines in there, and it was so hot. Oh my god! Didn't need heat in there even in the winter. That comes to mind. And then rest in peace, Port City Music Hall. I have a lot of great oh, yeah. memories there. Probably four or 500 cap room in Portland that um, got a lot of big names. Like I saw Citizen there. I saw Knocked Loose Every Time I Die, Rustic Overtones, Local Heroes there a bunch. But yeah, probably those three. Nice. Those, I mean, I, I echo your State Theater. We all grew up in the State Theater. State Theater is A1. Sheer number of shows. Uh, awesome time at that venue all the the that comes with that and yeah go listen to our episode with with lauren i think it's episode 52 lots of fun conversation around her time there and, and how it kind of has come back and become this uh driver of the portland music scene uh i do love a great summer night at thompson's point which is also portland uh, if you know, the weather's great and the sun's going down and the music is what you're looking for it can be you know, just kind of next level vibe. And that, that one's fun. And uh, sound wise, I I've always loved the Roxy and I don't know what is it the Roxy now in Boston? I can't remember what they call it. The Royale. I think that the Royale, oh, yeah, Royale. It was the Roxy yep. before. Yeah. 
uh, the sound in there has always been great. Uh, I love Queens of the Stone Age was awesome in there. So I have there a bunch of times. That was a cool, smaller, big city, I say, venue uh, in Boston. And saw some really cool shows there. And, and it's been a while since I've been there. But that thrice, I think I've seen there too. Yeah, it's a cool spot. The sound in there was always great. So it was always fun to catch catch shows there. Nice. Yeah, no, I mean, so many venues are venues hold a very special place. It's a, it's like a extra nerdy. Like you're already seeing one of your favorite bands and then you're seeing them in a venue that's has an additional layer of appreciation. You're like, man, fucking just pumped to be in this room. Even if there wasn't a show going on, I'd be a janitor and be stoked. <laughs> so for me, um, number one really is is similar to you guys. It are same. It's a uh, state theater. And uh, that's after some some pretty extensive travel, both at least domestically. So I used to think like, do I like the state theater because it is my favorite venue based on legacy or is it really my favorite venue in terms of everything you guys are talking about? Sound, vibe, history. Like there's so many bullet points you have to check to be like your favorite venue. And like, you know, living in New York city and Florida and California and traveling domestically, internationally, like it still takes number one. And it's like, it's, it boggles my mind because I feel like I'm being biased, but it's like, no, like it really is the best venue that I've ever been to. And it just happens to be my local venue growing up. And yeah, I'm sure those memories and shows that we've seen play a big part in that. But like, I see those same shows in different venues, and it doesn't translate equally. With that said, my second favorite venue is out here in San Diego. It's the Observatory in North Park, which is basically a state theater on the West Coast. And I think that's why I love it, because I get a little bit of nostalgia, like, seeing gigs there it literally looks the same on the inside or at least pretty close i think the capacity is pretty pretty much close as well definitely an older theater so it has that old uh, vibe to it in terms of architecture and whatnot so that's number one and two and then three as much as i love the smaller venues my third is hollywood bowl great venue definitely very much so uh, legendary it's been around forever just a cool vibe. Like they get everything and you can get tickets for dirt cheap or you can get super expensive tickets in the front. Probably the most interesting part of the venue is, well, A, it's outside, but B, it's the only venue I've ever been to that allows you to bring in food and alcohol. So you can just bring in your own shit and you can just like have your own little party and you don't have to pay for anything. So nice. <laughs> I thought that, that's I, nice. I always thought that was really cool. It's like yeah. a NASCAR event. You just bring your own booze. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have two honorable mentions. One is the Sin- the Sinclair in the, I think it's Cambridge or Boston area. Ooh, I've, n- I've never been there. Yeah, they have. It's a small venue, but they have three bars, and you can watch it from the balcony. There's like a second level ish, and then Chain Reaction. We already mentioned that in the OC. That was a cool venue, and, and a lot of that's just the history. Of like, it's the anticipation of finally getting there after you know 20 years of wanting to get there, and it was just a yep. cool venue. I just I soaked it all in. There's T-shirts of like all the bands that have played there on the walls over the years, like. Nice. It's, it was cool just to like walk around and soak it in. Nice. Which is also a giant fire hazard too, but we're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> Don't call the marshal. All right. We, we have one big one that we want to end with. The last couple of weeks, there's been a music scene disruption, music business disruption that Tuan called way back on episode 95, I believe, in our most anticipated of 2022. He thought there'd be an uprising of some sort. It sort of happened, you know, between uh, when we're recording this and and uh, when you're going to hear it, it might have changed a little bit, but the Neil Young Spotify and then other uh, artists leaving the platform. I know Joni Mitchell was one and there may be more since then, but big name artists pulling their music off of the biggest streaming service 
because of whatever reason, whether it be political views or money not being given to artists or whatever reason. What do we do to fix this is the question. Like, what is the answer for this to get better so that we don't have stuff like this happen? Or maybe we do and we abolish it altogether. There's so many different angles here. I, I think, all right, from the, the perspective of like the consumer, me, I'm a monthly Spotify subscriber. I spend the, I actually get a Hulu Spotify combo for nine ninety nine a month. It's the best Same. bargain on the fucking planet. I mean, how can Same. you top that? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd spend that on one CD. <laughs> so I guess from that perspective, I know I'm getting a deal and I consume it's a buffet. I, I consume as much as I want. But what I also do, knowing that artists aren't getting really much of any of that, depending on the deal that they have with their label and what what deal the label has with the DSP, I supplement that by buying merch. I buy, buy T-shirts. Like I just, in the mail today, I got that 18 Visions uh, cover album, the cover uh, record that they did with, you know, half of it's, metal and hardcore covers half of it's nirvana and alice and chains covers and it came with a t-shirt so like i'm doing that too and i'll stream the hell out of it so i think from a consumer perspective that may be a solution knowing that we can't necessarily influence what the artist is getting paid there we can kind of do our part if we want them to stick around now if you don't want the artists to stick around you can't be pissed when they stop making music so that's kind of where i'm at from that perspective I like that. Yeah, I thought about this pretty deeply. In fact, this could be a full episode, right? Because it's so totally a topical, but B just so it's evolving in real time drink that there's just so many things that come to mind. So for me, it was three things. It's a three part for me. I'm keep it. I just ah. drank. Sorry. Ooh, nice. No, good. Keep drinking. Hard <laughs> times. Keep drinking. <laughs> so my first bullet point is this: it's when you look at motion picture, right? They're not, they're dealing, they're kind of navigating the whole censorship avenue, which is in the, at least in the United States and in North America is it's free speech. Free speech is a right. It's great. We all love it. When you go to the movies, there's a rating system. There's G all the way to rated R and you have that system. It helps people know what you're getting into. And maybe even at least if you're a parent, know that your children are going to be exposed to certain content that may not be favorable to you personally, or and you and maybe don't even want your kids to experience, at least at that time in their age, might influence their decisions and or train of thought. So my first initial thought was, how do we do this? Is this something we could have a Spotify rating system? You know, is it a Spotify rated G, Spotify rated R, and you have limitations based on that? Could potentially be in play. Not saying it's recommended, but definitely something that could diversify the listenership in terms of age group, because now everyone has a phone. I mean, kids have phones at age seven now, and a smartphone is basically access to the world's database of information. So that's one take on it. Can I react to that real quick? Yeah, no, totally. I like that. It's it's like uh, whenever you pop on Instagram or Facebook or any of the social media platforms and you see this video like has a little flag saying, not necessarily sure if this has been fact-checked, just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. That that could be like the answer for, I guess, at least the podcast side of things, right? Because that's that's where this kind of stems from. It's it's Neil Young leaving the, the platform and then others maybe too because they don't agree with whatever Joe Rogan has been saying. So I, as somebody who's consumed both Neil Young and Joe Rogan, I 
I can make a, an informed decision about both because I, you know, I, that's what mo- that's where we really should end up being here. Is most people get to do that, but I like where your head's at as far as like a rating. Just just toss on there a little caveat. Hey, not necessarily sure this is uh, sound, factual science or whatever the heck the heck they're talking about, or even if the artist is singing about. Uh, just just a heads up. Do some research on this if you really need to. Yeah. Exactly. Well, but yes and no, though, because what I was initially saying is it's a rating system based on, I guess, tying back to the 90s to the parental advisory sticker. Like, hey, this is out there. You know, we live in a country where free speech is a right, but there might be some language in here that is somewhat controversial given the current state of affairs. So at least there's like a disclaimer letting you know, like, hey, this is up for discussion. We don't even really know what's fact and fiction. Fact checking is controversial in its own right because it's tied to sponsors or companies that essentially sway that left or right so that, you know, that's its own thing. So what you're saying was my second point, which is a Wikipedia type model where you're listening to said conversation on Spotify and Neil Young wants it pulled because he doesn't agree with it as an individual. But the facts are changing so drastically and in such real time, drink, that maybe these maybe these facts can be updated by both user and and uh, I don't I I don't want that to happen because you too many people have access to that. I know, but Wikipedia is is known to be somewhat accurate at at this time right now. But that's Wikipedia. You need Spotify to be okay with that. And that's not going to happen. There's money involved. There's some there's there's a lot of policing there. I mean, I couldn't go into. Mm the Joe Rogan Wikipedia and update it and have it stay for any period of right. time. Somebody is on top of that. Right. Yeah. You could do yeah. it to a small level Wikipedia, but not a big one. And if in Spotify's case, are they going to pay somebody to do that? Hell no, man. They want backroom deals and low cost for them all day because they've built their platform on what was once music, but is now pivoting towards speech of some sort, whether it be podcasts or I mean, we're one of them uh, podcasts that uses their platform to put our stuff out. So no, I was going to say that's why this conversation is kind of high contention, right? We're on the platform we're, talk, we're talking about. The only reason I bring up Wikipedia is because it's being driven by the community and being basically verified or at least published to remain published based on citing, right? You're citing almost like you're writing a, a, a report and you have to cite all your references to make sure that it's as legitimate as it can possibly be in, in that moment. And it could be changed 20 minutes later based on facts that come out at that time. Yeah, but the only issue is there who is whose facts, and I'm putting that in quotation marks because yeah. everybody's facts are different. And that's a problem. And and B, I've changed stuff on Wikipedia as a joke to send to friends. We we were doing uh, we were watching a Celtics game, and our buddy who lives out in San Francisco is, is now a Dubs fan, a, a Warriors fan, and uh, the Celtics had won out there. And I changed it and said, "This is the Oracle, you know, arena where the Golden State Warriors play." but it's owned by the Boston Celtics. And, I, and that was up for like a day, but someone went in and changed it because that's, well, someone's policing it. But that's yeah. just an that's just a, an arena. Imagine something smaller, an artist maybe who only gets 10K spins a month and now you're in there disparaging them and ruining them. No, that, this is a no-go for me. Sorry. No, you're right. Yeah, and that's why I brought it up because it's, it's an option, but is it sustainable? I mean, it's tough to say. Wikipedia, I mean, I know the college colleges accept Wikipedia as a reference, and that's why I brought it up, because it's legitimate. No, legitimate I think they enough. don't, at least when right. I that changed. No, they don't, yeah. Okay, that's well, changed like, since. 15 years ago, they did not. That they was... didn't then. I don't think they do now either. Yep. 
I think they changed it. Did, they did between 2003 and 2007 when we were all in school. Hmm. Well, neither here nor there as far as what we're talking about. Wikipedia is not sustainable. This isn't the answer. So what, what else do you have? The third is mainly just a off sidebar kind of question or third bullet point, which is, is this a conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like where this is going. <laughs> because when you really draw it back to the DNA of the whole Neil Young thing, and I don't know if anyone else saw this, but also Howard Stern, they're both on the Sirius XM platform. So this is becoming very much so Sirius XM versus Spotify. So it's like Pepsi versus Coke, Budweiser versus Miller. I see this as like clear as day, right? It's, hey, someone's telling Neil Young, whispering in his ear, like management, like, hey, root for Sirius and we'll give you a bump in pay. It'll fucking, it'll override anything Spotify ever got you. You know, Sirius XM said it's ups and downs in the stock market. We really need to make this go. We need to somehow surpass Spotify's market share. So if we like bandy everyone together to make sure that Sirius XM is not only something that's relevant, but surpasses what is right now, at least the number one platform, like you said, Tuan for DSP and have Sirius XM be more substantial, then this is more of a marketing and business play as, hey, we are king. We are king. We are Sirius XM. Spotify is the controversial uh, false information spreaders of the world. So fuck that. There could be legs to that. I guess where I go is I almost view Spotify as like the Amazon where, yeah, there's a lot of people that boycott it, but you kind of, a lot of people need it and rely on it, the convenience there. Yeah. I'd also, I guess going back to Neil Young and the serious, that whole angle, I'd like to see someone younger in the game put their money where their mouth is and get off the platform. You know, because you get someone like Neil Young that, I mean, he can't take that money to the grave, right? I mean, he's, that dude's loaded. He 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 can afford to do that. Yeah, that's the answer. Like, if if we were to see somebody that isn't Joni Mitchell, that isn't Neil Young, that isn't Nils Lofgren, that have been around for however many years and have made their money and can afford to not get point zero zero three cents a stream because it doesn't get them anywhere as far as... uh the money that they're making at Spotify, they've made their money or they're making their money elsewhere for other reasons, whether it be Sirius XM or whatever. That's, yeah, it would need to be somebody, if you really wanted to force change there, it would need to be somebody who is a, like a Drake, you know? Right, that'd be, be a real massive. statement. Yeah. Although maybe, Nate, maybe you're right. Maybe they're in bed with Sirius and this is, it is all, it actually comes back to, yes, it is all about money and he goes and gets a bag with Sirius. You know, gets more than he would have with Spotify. Yeah. And it's really highlighted from what Stern, Howard Stern said recently. He made some pretty bold points in terms of his views on the whole vaccine and just, you know, just everything that's going on lately. And it was very much so one side of the coin, not like equilibrium, not like, you know, seeing both sides of it. It was like this or nothing in a lot of ways. Anyone listening, you'll have to look it up to kind of understand what I'm saying because I, I don't really feel like I need to go elaborate on that too much. Yeah, um, I heard I heard some I know what you're talking about. He, yeah. he definitely was very on the left and even like a little bit, you know, to an extreme. Yeah, I was like basically get a vaccine. If you don't get a vaccine, like I hope you die kind of thing. Which is, you know, it's I don't a little wish much. Death, it's a little I don't much. wish death on anyone. So therefore like it's a little yeah, like what are you doing, man? But he's going against Joe Rogan, who's the other biggest talk show host of the world. So like that's why I see like the Coke versus Pepsi kind of thing. I just want to I just want to be able to watch news radio and not worry about Joe Rogan turning into what he turns into, man. Right? I know. That was his origin story. He was a janitor at a fucking I'm Sorry. <laughs> that's that's for the nerds. Uh no, he 
and and Rogan, I think for a very, very long time before he even took this this bag from Spotify, did talk to everybody and did shine lights on different points of view and is sort of being pigeonholed as this only giving you one side of it person when I don't think he was really ever that. But at the same time, yep. he's not debunking some of the people that come on to tell you some of the stuff that's maybe a little loony. So uh, he needs to kind of get back a little, a little bit more towards the middle than he was the last maybe year or so. And uh, I'm fine with him talking about whatever. I don't You don't listen. You don't like it. Don't listen. Listen to us. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Freedom of choice. And like I, my initial, my initial response was it depends on what perspective you're talking about. If you're talking about from a music fan perspective, I don't think like deleting Spotify is the answer for me. I know it's not mm-hmm. because I can listen to whatever I want, but I can also support, you know, Toby McAllister. I can support Troll. I can support, you know, these guys in different ways. If you're a creator from the creative side, I also don't think that's the answer. I mean, for a lot of people, that is your ticket, whether it's a slim chance or not. Like that's your ticket to getting on a playlist. That's your ticket to getting exposure. So I think it's a risk. Now, do I think something will change? Probably not. I think you'd have to have someone like a Drake or a, I was going to say like Jay-Z or Beyonce, but they're kind of half in bed with titles. So it would actually make sense for them to get out. But like a Taylor Swift or someone big to really pull the rug out, which would force Spotify to be like, all right, we're losing. It's like Netflix would like maybe some of their heavy hitter series pulling the plug. It's like at some point your service is devalued and I'm not going to subscribe anymore, you know? So I think we're far away away from that. Neil Young getting off the platform is not going to make me stop my subscription. Can I just, you're right. Taylor Swift would be huge. She has 53 million listeners a month on Spotify, which is 159K at their rate. Now, my guess is she probably gets more than that, being who she is and bringing people onto platform and being somebody that is a ambassador for the music industry per se that can keep you in app and they want to keep you in app. We've talked about that millions of times with, with Spotify, with Apple Music, whatever. They want to keep you in app because they can sell to you more. They can make more money off of you if you're in app the whole time. That's why they brought in Joe Rogan because he does three hour podcasts. Yeah. Like <laughs> it keeps exactly. you in app the entire time. So if you're not you're not sure uh <laughs> not sure what's going on there as far as being sold to like we're always being sold to and this is another way for that to happen but it would take somebody like her who keeps that many people listening to her music in Spotify every month. And that's just Spotify. Who knows what she gets on Apple music and title and Amazon and whatever. So she's, she's pulling down a very livable wage just from streams a month. Yeah. No, well said. I know I always compare it to wine and spirits and food, but this is, you got a bar, right? This is just to keep it somewhat context and Natural lights, like, hey, we're out. Fuck this bar. They don't support so and so, and they're out. And everyone's like, yeah, I don't care because uh, I'm buying white claw. So okay. <laughs> they do it. Then they do a special on Bud Light, and you're like, all right, well, Bud Lights are a buck fifty, so I'm gonna stay here. Yeah, but you get a few. You know, you get maybe ten of those, and you're left with MGD, and you're left with uh, Milwaukee's yeah. best, and maybe a local brewery. Then you might you might rethink it. But we're, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't happen, and we're far from that. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to. And I, I think there's something to Nate's point of the conspiracy theory. There's something to the situation where this is bringing attention to 
the platforms just to get people on them more and talking about them. The thing that I like to come back to, especially as smaller people who create a little bit ourselves is someone like us or someone like, as you said, Tom, Toby McAllister, he put something up, buy CDs, buy merch, help them out that way. And don't be mad at them for leaving their music on Spotify because that's the way that they make, they can make money. Otherwise they can't make money doing what they love. And uh, if you're asking them to take themselves down from the biggest DSP out there, uh, that's not fair to them just because of a political take, like, Take, take a deep breath, step back, look at who they are, let them make their money because if you like them for what they do. Great point. Yeah, it's all about distribution. Like Amazon, same thing. Controversy around Amazon is substantial. If you Google Amazon worker environment and alone, let alone anything else you can Google on Amazon in terms of what it's, what it's like behind the scenes, like it's not, it's not always pretty. There's, there's actually some good stuff too, but it just happens to be the biggest distributor with the exception of Alibaba internationally. So take it or leave it. Like if you're an independent creator or supplier or manufacturer, like they just happen to have it dialed because they were the only ones to step up and actually do it before Amazon. There wasn't anything. It was messy. It was like, you know, a month lead time to get something shipped from Australia to the States. So it's not on the creator. So yeah, to your point, yeah, it's leave very the creator much so. out of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, it, it's the last thing I'll say. It, it's the whole Walmart argument. Yeah. Your margins go down, but you sell more. Because you're in front, in front of more, of more eyeballs, yep. so it's yep. it's that all over again. I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think I personally don't think, especially for local guys or whatever. Yeah, you you need that um, megaphone. You need Spotify. Yep. For better, or for worse. We weren't paid to say this. We're on Spotify, but you know we're just speaking candidly. Yeah, we make here. no money. We, Spotify <laughs> has given us zero dollars to Negative say anything. Dollars. <laughs> and we'd say the same thing if it was Apple Music and they were, you know, the, the place that our platform was on. And I'm not, I don't want any of them in the political game. Just like, give me my content. Let me pick the music I want to listen to and, you know, give the money to the bands that I love and the, the artists that I love and go go see them on tour and that stuff. And then allow me to put my podcast out talking about all that stuff because we love that stuff. Yeah. No, I've seen Neil Young a ton live. He's actually, to be honest, he's one of my favorite artists. He's actually uh foundational to what I appreciate in music is Neil Young. So this is a very interesting that he was the one to step up out of all people. Do I buy much from him? Not really. So I can see where you have no, but that I want to add that that's another dynamic to like, what am I, am I buying Neil Young merch? Definitely not. Am I seeing him live? Yes. Does he tour much? No. So where is his money coming from? Well, it's actually streaming. So if he's bouncing, then that's why I'm like conspiracy. Sirius XM's writing a check right now. (laughs) <laughs> maybe possibly yeah but yeah we're trying to keep that as apolitical as possible because there is politics <laughs> exactly. in play there and and we're not yeah. we're not talking vaccines we're not talking uh how we feel about that stuff i mean this is a music podcast and what we're worried about is the little guy what we're worried about is us what we're worried about is uh, a place where we're able to do what we do and and listen to what we love and we don't want necessarily that to go but we want to be able to you know support the bands and artists that we love too Man, that was that was fun. We uh <laughs> I think we got through like seven questions and we're at like an hour. Well done, guys. We're pro- we're professional at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know we got it dialed. I mean that 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 could be another episode and maybe we'll we'll do that. You know, maybe shit will hit the fan that uh so much that you know, enough people delete Spotify that they have to rethink things and then we revisit it. So And if that happens in the next two weeks before this episode actually drops, <laughs> don't don't be mad at us for being behind. <laughs> 
Yeah. As they say, this is a developing story. We're just reacting uh, as it comes. I'm going to say real time just for the drink factor. Yeah, I um, just did. We're good. Oh, perfect. Well, it's twice now. So drink twice. But yeah, no. Good. Well said. You know, this is a developing story. I think we'll revisit this likely in the fall of this year and see where it, it how it plans out. Uh, but if it's someone like Taylor Swift does jump on board, then yeah, the tides she's not will- jumping on board. I just told you how much money she's making a month just from streams on that platform. There's no I know. way. <laughs> yeah, but if, if Sirius XM is offering a billion dollar contract, yeah, that's different. That could shift. Yeah. That yeah, could shift. Different story. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we might talk talk about this in October because <laughs> Tuan just actually called this a month ago. So you know, if you exactly if you listened to us all along, you knew that we knew this was coming because Tuan predicted the future back in uh, early January, and here we are in mid February talking about it. The uprising is real, folks. You're witnessing it in real time. And with that, <laughs> drink. I'm out. Ooh, <laughs> three. <laughs> Mic drop. Peace, pod heads. Partyosleep.com. See ya. Cheers, nerds.